welcome to St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Saratoga Springs, New York, where we are gathered by God to share the love of Jesus. This week, we conclude our Sacred Subject series with arithmetic. Here is this week's message from Pastor Adam Wiegand. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. I haven't taken a math class in a very long time. Math was a strong suit, but when I stopped, you know, it's one of those use it or lose it type things, so that when it came time for helping my kids in their advanced math, I'd forgotten pretty much all of it. My mom is dying another death in heaven because of this. I remember having to do math at the dinner table in the summertime so that I didn't forget all of those things. So the moral of the story is, Make sure you do your math. Today, we're just going to do very basic arithmetic. So today, you know, there are four basic operations. And the, the first one is, is this one. What is that? Addition. We like addition. Addition talks about our human propensity for getting things. Not for forgetting, but for accumulation. We have phrases for this, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. We like it when things are added to us. And Scripture speaks about addition. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be, what? Added to you. God likes to add blessings to us. Look at the size of the families and the great tracts of land that they were able to have. Look at how God built up his kingdom. God is a God of addition, for sure. We like it when we ask somebody, you know, I'm kind of fond of you, would you like to go out with me? And they say yes. Or, will you marry me? And they say yes. That's a function of addition. It makes us happy inside. Or, what if your boss recognizes what you've been doing and says, you know, you deserve a raise. How many of us say, oh, no, no thanks. <laughs> We, we like that kind of addition. And addition is a way that God gives us an understanding of his nature. When our first parents in Eden were made in his image, God gave them every green plant for food. He kept adding to them. He added blessing after blessing and added joy to Adam. Like when he, was, when he was there all by himself, he said it's not good that the man should be alone. And so what did he do? He added Eve to him. And he says, ah, at last, here's bone of my bone, here's flesh of my flesh, I'll call her woman, she was taken out of man. And then God said, go and be fruitful, and well, that's a, a different function. We'll come to that in just a minute. But addition is what we prefer in this world because we see that God gives good blessings. Every good and perfect gift is coming down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of change. So God's desire is, and his nature is always to give. We pray this at our mealtime prayers. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. This is how God is. He adds to us blessing after blessing. But God is not limited 
to his addition abilities, he also will subtract. And subtraction, we think lesser of, and I guess that's the right function, because it's taking something away, right? So it's nine, take away six, we'll leave you three. God takes things away as well, and we oftentimes bristle at the way that God takes away from us. By way of confession, the epistle reading that Brenda brought to us just a little while ago really convicted me, especially at this time. Many of you know that I have been a a one-car family for a while. My car that I was driving around died early on in the pandemic. We gave it away for scrap, and and then Marianne and I have been traveling uh, together back and forth to the church office and things like this. But as ministries have restarted and there's been a lot to do, that situation has become untenable. And so I started car shopping. And if any of you have been car shopping lately, you know that sticker shock is a thing. It's a big thing. New cars, used cars, doesn't matter how high the mileage they're selling for way more than I wanted to spend. And as my mom, the math teacher, reminded me many times in my childhood, Adam, you have champagne taste and a beer pocketbook. And so I felt through the car buying process, a real subtraction in what I could have. And it torqued me, and I was so cross. Marianne told me I was being a pill, and I needed to repent. And it was that scripture at the beginning of 1 Timothy chapter 6 that helped me. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we could take nothing out of this world. And then Paul sets the bar at the appropriate place. With food and clothing, we'll be content. What a burden it was, because I felt like God was taking away what I wanted. Our wants are not always good for us. I can't say it any more plainly. My want for a champagne-level car was hurting my spirit. And Paul was right. Those who desire to be rich plunge themselves in all kinds of pangs and troubles. I did it to me. But it's important to know that I did it to me. God did. I frittered away contentment. And that's what God's people tend to do. They fritter away. Just like Israel did in our Old Testament reading that Brenda brought to us from Amos. This was the ten tribes of the northern kingdom of Israel. God had showered favor after favor upon them. His patience was enduring with them. But God's kindness was taken advantage of and taken for granted, and their hearts turned away from him, and they frittered away their inheritance. Do you know where those ten tribes of Israel are now? Scattered to the wind. Assyria came in, carried them away, and they never came home. God did not take their land away from them. They gave it up. 
And that's the problem with subtraction, is that we credit to God what really is our doing. But it's not that God doesn't take other things away. We just sang that at the beginning of the service. You give and you take away. You give and you take away. My heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. What does God take away? Well, our Lord Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Think about the end times revelation where we hear that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. God may not allow us to add everything that we want because he knows where our hearts can lead. So if there is a subtraction, if God is taking away, say blessed be your name. Because God has a desire to use another function. And what's this one? Multiplication. God doesn't do things incrementally when he grows them. Remember Adam and Eve, when they had met one another and they delighted in one another, God said, go and be fruitful and multiply. And not only did they multiply and fill and subdue the earth, God raised up for himself a people that grew so great. They were small in number when they went down into Egypt and they became so large that Pharaoh was terrified of them. God does not do things on the small scale. He multiplies, and that's his desire for the church as well. God's desire is not just that we take care of what's here, that we make sure that our four walls are secure to make this something like a fortress. No, this is a mission outpost, a place from which God brings his good to the world. Remember what we say? We are gathered by God to? So what we're doing is we're multiplying the good that we have received in places where it needs to land, in our families. We take the blessings of forgiveness and use them within our families so that his peace and joy may grow there. We take the wisdom that we receive here as we turn to the Lord in his word and we bring it with us to work. And we use those things to guide our decision-making and to guide us in our careers in that way. God doesn't want his word to remain in one place. He sows a seed and it brings forth a harvest. This is something that we are a part of. And so as God multiplies his blessings, he doesn't do it small. You are coming to your king, Charles Wesley once wrote in a hymn. Large petitions with you bring. We're at a spot in our Christian Childhood Center where if we had the people handy and the place to do it, we could open another one the same size. Isn't that incredible? Maybe we ought to be thinking in terms of multiplication rather than subtraction <laughs> or even of addition times two, times three. How many people do you know that need to know that they are a part of God's kingdom, that they are part of his love, that God wants to remove their sins from them and to take away the tears from their eyes. We multiply 
and we bring those whom we love into the love of God in that way as well. And then we get to that fourth one, and division, usually in the church, we try and avoid that, right? We don't want opinions about worship that divide us. We don't want opinions about the pastor's sermon that divide us. We don't want uh, people who say, that's my spot dividing us. We don't want things we should be doing this and not that dividing us. We also don't want identity to be dividing us. Oh, those are the lifelong Lutherans, and I'm a new Lutheran. No, this is not the way it works in God's kingdom. And God writes a lot about how we are the body of Christ. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. God puts us and knits us together into his body. Rather, when God is talking about dividing in his mathematics, he's talking about like dividing the spoils. Remember that time when Jesus converted five loaves of bread and two fish into enough food to feed 5,000 men plus the women and the children? What did it say? After they gathered up all of those things, he divided them among those people. God gives out the blessings among everybody equally. That's what division is doing. It's taking the numerator under the denom- and, uh, over the denominator and it divides it equally among them. God divides his blessings equally among us. All of us are equal in him. We are all fully sinners and we are all fully saints. He gives to us unique gifts, but all of our gifts are valuable in his way. And so in God's work, in God's kingdom, in his mission, God's addition, addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division, he's always in it to do good, to bring us his best. Which gets me to my very favorite one, the exponential progression. (laughs) This is when you take something and multiply it against the same number over and, and find out the product and do it again and again and again. And if you were to graph this, it would look like, you know, a rocket taking off. It just goes quickly out towards what we would call infinity. That's the great beauty of math, is that if you start counting forward from one, do you ever stop? God's blessings, when he starts giving them, do they ever stop? Never, ever. Never, ever. He continues to give and to give and to give and to give and to give. And there is a wonderful scripture that I would like to finish our sermon with. I'd like for you to read it together with me. Because it's a lesson, it's a sacred subject that we all need to bear in mind. Because as we are working towards the exponential progression of grace and faith in the great kingdom to come, the Lord has provided for us more than we could ever imagine. An infinite number of days to receive his infinite blessings. Read with me. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Please rise. I mean, peace of God that passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds rejoicing exponentially in the good that God has and does and always will bring to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church, please visit spalutheran.org. God's blessings to you.
Go in peace and serve the Lord.